everyone, welcome to Arts Equators podcast. We are back on theatre this week, and I've got in the studio with me Adib Faza and Teresa Tso from NTU. Their final year project is very interesting. So, Adib and Teresa, could you maybe introduce yourselves first, and then we'll hear about this project you've been doing. So I'm Teresa. I'm a final year student together with Adib and we are both majoring in public relations and we have to carry out a final year campaign on a topic. And uh, for both of us, theatre was an obvious choice. But before we get into that, I'll have Adib introduce himself. Hi. Yeah, so my name is Adib. Yeah, I think it was quite a clear decision for us um, even to be able to work together and, and with uh, Melody and Lydia. And we almost immediately decided on the topic of theatre. So just because I think it's our area of interest. Mm. Now, it's a very specific aspect of theatre you've chosen, right? It's not how to make it or even how to appreciate it. It's just the idea of what are the barriers to even watching it in the first place. So how did you light on that as a topic idea? And, and how did that start off your process? It's a very interesting process because for the three of us, me, Lydia and Melody, we started out in uni as people who have not seen more than four theatre shows oh. in our entire lifetime. Oh, get out of my studio. <laughs> but, <Out. laughs> but then we met Adib. Ah. So Adib had his roots dug deep into the world of theatre and he studied theatre in school and mm. he was volunteering at Yellow Chair Productions. And when we came into uni... He just introduced us into this world. One day, he invited us to watch his show, The Tempest. Mm. And uh, it was by Yellow Chair Productions. And I remember just sitting there, being so amazed by this black space that just suddenly came to life. And it yeah. transported us from a sunken ship to an island. And I think the best part was seeing him with a little top hat and a walking <laughs> stick, prancing around <laughs> on stage, trying to convince us that he was a king's jester and not Adib. And from then... Although I've seen theatre shows before, I've never really got that click, which makes me want to keep going back. Mm. I enjoyed it, but not enough for me to keep going back. And after I watched something by Yellow Chair Productions, and I continued to go back to watch some more, I started to become really fascinated with this place that continuously gave me new perspective to think about. Mm. So for Lydia, Melody and I, you know, in the next four years in uni, the number of shows we've watched has multiplied. You know, in year one and two, I've watched about 15. But yeah, no, but, no, but in year three, and this year hasn't even ended, I've watched more than 50. Oh, okay, that, so, that, that's good. Yeah, so the, <laughs> the, jump, off, the conversion is massive. And yeah. for the four of us, from then on, we kept going back to theatre. And when we are discussing about final year project and we were thinking of topics, the most obvious one is theatre because that's the one that brought all of us together. Mm. And we were really trying to think you know, what's the angle from this? And we thought about it from the three of our point of views. How did we manage to convert ourselves from someone who has not watched theatre and don't yeah. go theatre frequently to someone who does? So someone who really was aware of those barriers, what it is that is keeping audiences away, and then broke through that. Now, mm. Adib, you were kind of always on the true believer side, is that right? <laughs> uh, I think so. I think always been a fan, especially because I have just been doing it since primary two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, as much as I could afford being the student <laughs> that I was, I always enjoyed attending theatre, whatever it was. And yeah, I think it was great that I had the opportunity to volunteer at Yellow Chair Productions because then it helped me be clearer about what I liked about it and what it mm. does for me in terms of appreciation, in terms of practice. It also allowed me to experiment more uh, yeah. with what the form can do. Well, I guess also when you're working 
often with the smaller companies in the black boxes, they don't always sell out, right? And you're sitting there thinking, what's this venue size, like 80 for the drama centre black box, maybe 100 or something for the substation, and you're just sitting there thinking, we've got good work here, why aren't people coming to see this? And I think that's really the driving force for us because we knew that there's so much that we can take away from this whole thing. And for us, we knew that, okay, we are the, I don't know, converts, you know, like the people who truly believe in uh, the power of theatre. But why aren't our peers in the school, they, they don't relate to it, they don't think of it, they don't really regard it highly as much as maybe something like the power of film, for right. example. So, you know, like, especially for us uh, being in a comm school uh, where, you know, there are students studying film and they see the power of film, they go for films every time. But what about this, you know, what about the theatre? So we thought, you know, if theatre for us could mean so much, why not for other people? And mm. why not bring that to our peers who could as well benefit from the theatre? I mean, we didn't want to just dive into it based on our gut feeling, which is that people don't watch enough theatre. Yeah. So we did our research and we went to look up the actual statistics. And, you know, something really, really surprising is um, from the MCCY's cultural statistics, every year yeah. they'll, they'll put one up, the theatre attendance has been falling. So... In 2011, there's about 1.1 million. In 2015, there was 750,000. So why this dip? And what can we do to help this as well? Of course, we cannot account for why there's this dip. Because I think there's just too much reasons involving... Oh, there's all demographics and there's prices. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. All kinds of things. That's the NAC's job, basically. Mm. But what we could do was to build the audience... Hmm. So rather than to find out these reasons and try to solve these reasons, why don't we go and tackle the root of the problem, which is the audience base? And why we selected students, specifically university students as well, is because as we've talked to different practitioners, we find that the people who come back to their shows are always the same few people. And these people are growing older. Oh yes, I'm I'm one of them. I've (laughs) I've got the bald head to prove it. So, you know, we see this thing where if these same group of people follow the theatre groups and they move up with them with their age as well, who is coming in to replace them as they move up? Mm. And that's why we realised the importance of developing the audience and especially developing students, student base, so that if they are converts like us, Mm. we can move up with them and there'll always be this new cycle. So you were kind of looking into that on a micro level just with NTU students with the name of your project, which is Theatre Invasion Singapore. Like the title. (laughs) And... You were asking your peers questions, essentially. Why are you not going to theatre? Is that So why aren't they? So uh, in our pre-campaign survey, first we had this thing called semantic differentials. So we placed two opposite uh, adjectives for them to decide which one they feel yeah. more towards. So we had nine categories of adjectives and amongst them were theatre is inclusive or exclusive. Mm. Theatre is uh, relatable or not relatable. So we went down this scale to find out what are their uh, top three highest scoring perceptions. And we also asked, what are reasons why you do not watch theatre? So we listed a a few and we also found the top three reasons. The top three perception was theatre being unaffordable, Mm. unrelatable and exclusive. Right. And then for barriers. You can't afford it, it's not for you anyway and they won't let you in. Yeah, Yeah. they they feel that way, yeah. And uh, for barriers as to why they do not watch theatre. The three reasons are due to the fact that they find theatre expensive once again. They don't feel that they have an interest for the storyline. 
And the third one, which was quite surprising for us, they feel that there's a lack of information. Which is funny because there are information, but they don't know where they are. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have the information about the information. Correct. So understanding all these helped a lot in shaping our strategies because then we Mm. realised that we need to give them the information they want to hear. We need to package it and give it to them and serve it to them in that platter. So they can't say that it's not there. It's there right now and I'm giving it to you. Do you think they had a specific play or a version of theatre in their head when they're thinking about what is exclusive, what is unaffordable? Are they, are they like thinking of touring Shakespeare productions or something? What, what do you think that was? I think definitely. And there's always this issue for us when going into this project that, you know, we found that of the students we surveyed, 55%, actually said that they've never been to a theatre show before. And yet they still do harbour, you know, sentiments which don't favour the Mm. theatre. And we thought, if you've never encountered it, why would you say you don't like it? So it was was a very interesting position because then for us, it was about just allowing them a little bit of that taste before actually assessing whether they liked it or not. And we were also thinking, could it be the fact that the theatre that they know about are those super large-scale ones that are brought mm. in overseas. So, you know, the like Les Mis or Wicked, all these productions are are international productions and they cost 70, 80 above. And that could be the reason why they feel that's theatre. That's all there is to theatre and yeah, what they don't know. 70 to 80 is the cheap seats there. Mm. But, you know, you drive through the cultural heritage district, what's on the posters, it's going to be the more expensive theatre because they've got the advertising mm. budget. Yeah. Or maybe... They've come with the arts festival, which is an expensive thing to run, obviously, when you're getting uh, shows from all around the world. Yeah, so yeah. so that's why we wanted to... Uh, we can't just say we want to focus on uh, promoting local productions. Mm. That's why we were more open to, say, just theatre in Singapore in general. But we make a more conscious effort to let these students know more about local productions that take place and that can be affordable and inclusive and relatable. And sometimes, in fact, free. I mean, all LaSalle's shows are free yeah, and, and often of a very high standard. Yes. That's, that's a show that we promote and that's a show that all four of us have been watching from year one to now. Ah. We've seen three batches of graduating students already and they don't even know us, but we feel like we know them <laughs> because we've watched them grow yeah. through all their, all their shows. Yeah. So you found out what some of these blocks are. After that, you've got to try and work on it, right? So what were some of the strategies you took to make that happen? One of the main things was for us to get these these offerings that are already there in the Singapore theatre to be a lot more visible towards a, a student population. So, I mean, in terms of channel of marketing as well, you know, Facebook and on-campus stuff, uh, on-campus advertising, we found that really reached right to the target audience of students. So in terms of visibility, we thought it was very important for them to actually have a look and have a taste of it. So some of the things we did was we had the lecture invasions, Mm -hmm. which uh, caused quite a stir. So what happened was uh, we would partner with a lecturer who was having a lecture and we would bring in a group of performers so we had a company called Buds Theatre and we yes. brought them in with an exit of five minutes. So what would happen is the lecturer would actually click on the next slide midway through the lecture and then it would be a poster that we came up with and it just says, you know, standby for invasion. And then what happens is the <laughs> performance, the performers would literally budge in and they would explode into the lecture theatre and we wouldn't even explain yeah, <laughs> uh, that this, cool. this is happening except we would hold the signboard that says enjoy the show. 
so so the the kind of like a flash mob really i think the idea was something like a flash mob and for us it was very important that you know the piece itself was something that they could relate to they could understand you know it was simple uh, it was also that it was also clear so we we went with the piece titled don kanchong kyasu kyasi which had everything to do with them because it was about students and you know lecture theater uh, <laughs> so so that for us was especially important because uh, what happens is when they see it for themselves when they have no choice but to experience what a theater performance could be like then it allows them to find some way to access it yeah and then to form an opinion about it yeah and we wanted continuity with that so it doesn't just end with a lecture invasion that's it mm. we made sure that this play this excerpt from the play is the same play that we'll bring into NTU the full play Mm. So this was a five minutes snippet. Teaser trailer. Yeah, a teaser. So if you liked what you see, there's going to be a full one that we're going to bring right into the heart of NTU. So uh, right after the performance, we actually had the school's campus newspaper, Nanyang Chronicle, to cover us. So they interviewed the students. So as the newspaper interviewed them, what we got was that the students found it really engaging and refreshing, which was so heartwarming for us to hear about. Yes. One of the students mentioned that, you know, at first you're a bit like, whoa, what is happening but after a while, when you ease into the performance, you realise, hey, it's talking about me. And they'll start to watch it. And then when it ends, they're like, oh, it's over. That magic just ended like that. And uh, this student said that she's actually going to be very interested to watch the final show as well. So that was really great for us to hear that people could have chosen to just look at their phones. Yeah. All their slides, but they chose to look up and look at us. Yeah, and there were people who Snapchatted, Insta storied. <laughs> and I actually had friends who came up to me and told me their friends told them about it. Nice. Yeah, so I can't believe the words even travelled past the lecture, which was a great thing. You know, there would be a way to describe this where you could make it sound like an assembly play. And I'm sure you have memories of sitting in school halls with the... Usually it's a barn with metal walls. It's got terrible acoustics. You've got some people up on whatever stage exists there with the terrible sound system doing a job that they don't really want to do. They'd rather be working in Wild Rice's main show. <laughs> and then it's about morality and things like that. But you've kind of found a way to take that, what is essentially, the content there is essentially an assembly show, but you've made it cool and relatable. Mm. Because we realise the importance of storyline as they keep mentioning it mm. uh, in our pre-campaign survey and even in our focus groups with these students, they keep talking about how I don't find the, the plays that they put up anything interesting for me. I don't feel any connection to it. And that's why we thought that it's important. And we actually learned this also um, from the wonderful Sifa, which carried out open homes. Mm -hmm. So open homes setting is really just taking place in a home and having a play that's about family, about things that take place in a home. And people will be able to attend it and feel, okay, I don't need to have any background in theatre to enjoy this. And that's the same idea we went with when we come up with this lecture invasion. This play, this excerpt, uh, was between a teacher and a principal. Yeah. So it very easily can take place in a lecture Pretty theater. much site-specific. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got your lecture invasions, your theatre invasions there. Uh, what else? What else did you try and do to fix these barriers? We also brought a roadshow to NTU. And, you know, roadshows are usually just you know, booths and tables, but we wanted to invade. We wanted to make them feel our presence. So we took up the entire space. Half of the section was a photo booth. And it's not just any photo booth. We had lights blaring everywhere, <laughs> which made them feel like it was a theatre show. And even on the other side, we had lights blaring at the tables as well. So 
at any one point in time, it just feels like I'm watching a show, in a sense, because there's always movement in these areas and the lights are positioned. You made it performative. Yeah. And we did two things over there at the roadshow. So one is we had a performance. So we had a performance to sing songs from musicals because that's also part of play. Yeah. yeah. So we had uh, someone who, who sang songs from Chicago because that was upcoming then. So we wanted mm-hmm. them to know, oh, you know, you can go and catch it. And then uh, we started singing other songs from like Rand. And the second thing we did was that for the photo booth, we incorporated a competition. So the deal is that if you could recreate a scene from a play that has been done already, the best three will win money. Yeah. Oh. So we gave them a photo album which contained scenes from local shows basically so importance of being earnest by wild rice okay or boeing boeing yep. so those specific scenes oh, where give me another one funny. i want to see how many of these i can do oh charged i can do all of them i just won <laughs> give me the money give me the money <laughs> sorry carry yeah so there were a lot of students i can show you some pictures later where they just recreated it because it's so easy right do this and i can win money but at yeah. the same time what they don't know is we are subtly trying to make them realize that the scene is vibrant Mm. And the scene has more than just those international shows. These are all local productions. Oh, and the third thing, I mentioned two just now, but the third thing is we gave them free stickers. Mm. So, you know, that free stuff, that's important, right? We gave them free laptop stickers and each of them contain quotes from shows. So three of them were local plays and three of them were international plays. Mm. So three of the local ones uh, include Normal. Yep, uh, by Faith Ung. Yeah, mm. by Faith Emily Ung. of Emerald Hills, Telecom. Harishama. Of center. Of center. Yeah. 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 So we included those as well. And when we give them, we don't just give them, we'll give them and let them know, hey, this is from a play. And we tell them a little bit more about And the normal play. would presumably have been coming up at the time as well. Yeah. Which is also why mm. we picked it. Yeah. 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 So uh, we let them know and they'll be like, wow, okay, that's interesting. And that's how we do it, the, these three things. And a lot of our entire campaign strategies and tactics, it doesn't always directly just tackle one perception. What yeah. we hope is an entire package where after you feel the entire thing, you feel that, okay, theatre can be welcoming. So that was just uh, on the physical side. So on the digital mm. side... Yeah, on the digital side, I, I think, yeah, I mean, most people would have encountered our <laughs> Facebook page. We also have an Instagram page. So I think the important thing for us to do uh, with the digital side was to make it very youthful, very vibrant. And basically something that people our age can sort of relate to. So in terms of uh, giving information about shows, we don't just give them the information because like it's just words on a page. So the things that we do in terms of promoting a show, we do take the the effort to maybe try to repackage it or re-angle it in a way where we think someone like us, you know, would would be very interested in. For example, when we partnered with um, Itzy. yeah, it's Eve by yeah. the Finger Players, we actually went down and we recorded a we did a nursery rhyme challenge because you know <laughs> one of the things that's trending these days is your BuzzFeed challenges yeah. and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so we went down. We we got the actors to just sit down and we hosted like this short sort of game show and we tested their knowledge of nursery rhymes and you know something as simple as that would be a bit more interesting than just saying like oh who is in this show and what is this show about yeah so so in in general the overall uh, campaign as well and why is it called theater invasion was for us to 
have almost an underground, like, guerrilla, like, dynamic <laughs> and youthful and energetic feel. Something that we thought would be a lot more interesting and a lot easier for people our age to access to, like, hey, this looks cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and mm. overall, it's important for us to be able to make theatre feel like a possible other lifestyle option and that it could be a social event. It's not like a one-off, you go there, sit down, watch a show and you leave. We also had one other content on Facebook that did very well without any boosting was this thing called Geo Abadi and we would all right, bring no, a I need explaining there. Oh, oh, all right. So Geo in Singapore is like, hey, invite someone. And we termed it Geo Abadi where each of us uh, brought a friend and we would capture it on a video. So we would wherever we went we had a camera that's facing us and we would video the entire process of us bringing a friend who has never been to any shows before to go and watch a show Mm. so we took a video of before where they don't even know that they're going to watch a show to (laughs) us letting them know okay by the way we're bringing you to watch a show and they'll be like oh my god what and then after that we video what happened afterwards when we talked about the shows so for each of us that was quite a process. So I brought my friend Afik to watch a show called Shrimps in Space by yeah. Generasia. And yeah, he has never watched a single show in his entire life. And he said he was really, really surprised. One, it is a one-man show. So he didn't expect that at all. He thought that there would be a lot of people. And two, how is it possible that a one-man show felt like a five to six-man show? Mm. He was amazed by that. And also the how relatable the content is because it was said in such a engaging manner and it's really a story from him to you and by the end of it he said yeah he'd be interested to to try and go and watch yeah, it it is a very uh desmond sim i think isn't it very very approachable script there yeah nice choice so at the end of all these efforts you basically redid your survey right with your ntu students how did the results for that turn out very surprising that it went really, really well. We went in uh, with objectives to fulfill. So we wanted specifically, for example, oh, a 10% increase, 25% mm. increase, so on and so forth. And all of them succeeded. Like we fulfilled every single one of them. So we compared the pre and post campaign results. And so we had two main objectives. One was attitudinal, which yeah. would be to change the perceptions. And the other is knowledge, to gauge their knowledge on two things. First, whether they are aware of these affordable forms of theatre. And second, whether they are aware of all these event listing platforms that are already there. So after we gauge it, yeah, everything had an increase, basically. I I would go into the numbers, but uh, basically there's an increase in everything and that was amazing for us. And the other thing we took away was we asked them for feedback and some of the feedback were just incredible. So uh, for for one of this guy, someone who knew next to nothing about theatre, suddenly found theatre being very welcoming and mm. very inclusive. And for him to use these two words were, <laughs> were mind-blowing for us because yeah. we didn't even tell him to say it. But he's telling us that he felt that theatre felt a lot more welcoming now after our campaign because it felt like it's a fun thing, you know, and yeah. you can just take part. You don't have to be anything. You so you really had for these people taken those barriers down. I mean, short of actually buying the ticket for them and holding them. Although you did that as well, didn't you, with your friend? You actually bought the ticket and took her along. I suppose that's not really sustainable. But it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. scale very well. Uh, no. and, and, uh, yeah, and although we didn't measure the behaviour... Yeah, uh, we, you know, we went in the whole project knowing that getting... A significant behavioral change in terms of, for example, more people going to the theater. You know, it, it was a bit of a difficult thing to achieve, especially within a short period of time and yeah. the amount of resources that we, you know, we had. So the question was, 
now that the campaign is over, do you think that you might be interested in watching a theatre show? And yeah, we found a high percentage of yeses. Great. And that was very interesting and, and it was very promising, even though we know that this doesn't quite tell us how many people actually went to see a theatre show. Yeah, so it gave us that that hope that, okay, something managed to move the needle, you know? Yeah. So for our post-campaign survey, we only managed to gather 100 people. So yeah. of these 100 people, 39 people actually went to watch a show during oh, this campaign fantastic. period. So we asked them, you know, could it be due to our the influence of our campaign? And 18 out of... 39 of them say yes, it was due to our campaign. Nice. Yeah, and I, I actually have one friend um, who followed our campaign who has watched three shows after our campaign and all three shows were due to us publicizing it because mm. there was one that was a free show and there were two that were very affordable and he went to watch it. Uh, he didn't tell me that, oh, you know, thank you, Tari, you're the <laughs> one who introduced me to it but uh, it was afterwards when we just collated all these numbers and I asked him and he said, yeah, actually, yeah, it was because of y'all. But, you know, moving forward, because we've already submitted our reports and we've already presented our work and in terms of a school project, it's basically done. Uh, but there is still this space of audience who are interested. There is this brand going on out there. And we are in the talks of, you know, evaluating where we stand and how, you know, as a platform, we can move forward. So, yeah, I think we are still discussing that and deciding whether or not, you know, this should be... Uh, Is it something that can continue? That can continue or not, yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely, we, we don't want to shut it down just mm. immediately um, because we see a lot of potential in it. Um, but as of now, it's not about to stop just yet. Great. Yeah. And we're going to continue finding how we can sustain her in yeah. this yeah. place. Yeah. Well, this show is about to stop right now because we're out of time. <laughs> but thank you very much, Teresa and Adip. Thank you very much. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Bye-bye.